Today we're going to talk about a big story mm-hmm. that's happening here in the United States, and that is a, a an outbreak of measles. Mm-hmm. Not, so an epidemic. Talk, not an epidemic. We're going to talk about that. So we're going to talk about vaccines a little bit, right. and then we're going to segue from there into talking about medications in general. That's right. Um, yeah, especially psychotropic medications. You know, there's this. There's there's such a. There's so many. I guess that's a better way to put it. There's so many misunderstandings mm-hmm. about medications, right. and um, and scientific evidence. Right. Okay, that's another problem that we're struggling with mm-hmm. uh, currently in our country. But um, almost daily mm-hmm. in the news, there is a, an article about measles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that measles uh, is one of those childhood diseases that is uh, preventable with mm-hmm. vaccine. Mm-hmm. But because many people are um, electing not to have their children vaccinated, we are experiencing a return um, in larger than expected numbers of children with measles. Uh, To me, this is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the the concern is with measles, but measles is one of a number of childhood diseases that have been successfully controlled with vaccination. But starting with the autism scare back in the 90s? Yeah, 80s, 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. Um, the English pediatrician mm-hmm. who um, first raised this issue that there's something in the um, vaccines, right. uh, particularly the DPT vaccine, that um, results in um, autism, right. uh, children getting autism, that um, scared parents and so they opted not to have their children mm-hmm. vaccinated. Um, it's all probably also part of natural medicine and mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't do, be doing as many drugs. But what, what it what it caused us to do as we as we uh, have began discussing the whole vaccine issue was it also led us to uh, re- to think about psychotropic medications mm-hmm. because in our business psychotropic medications uh, these are medications used for m- mental illness right. uh, mood disorders and things um, they're also greatly misunderstood Absolutely. about their use and their value and their misuse um, and, and sometimes rightfully so and right. And, and rightfully so, yeah. okay? So um, so we thought, let's take a look at this. Um, let's start with vaccines. Let's take a look at that issue and um, and and uh, then move on to psychotropic medications. Yeah. Okay? So, so as you said, we are in the midst of a, of an outbreak, I guess? I, th- I wouldn't say epidemic yet. It's not an epidemic because um, you have to reach a certain threshold, mm-hmm. right. but um, there, there certainly is an outbreak of um, an, an unexpectedly large numbers. And they seem to cluster in different places. Mm-hmm. There are certain cities and certain states where because parents haven't, because, because larger it. numbers of right. parents don't vaccinate their children, that's where the outbreaks seem to be occurring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, because, it, you know, and it's easy to understand perhaps mm-hmm. how the outbreak happens because, you know, in you know people from all countries don't have the vaccine right. vaccinations. And so if a yeah. person carrying the measles um, uh, comes to the United States and somebody who hasn't been vaccinated gets exposed to that right. person, mm-hmm. then you have uh, the start of, uh, of an outbreak. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, if we think about it sort of um, from a public health perspective, right. Right. Um, it, it tends to be the case that people who hold the perspective that they shouldn't vaccinate their kids tend to um, 
congregate with other people who have those same beliefs right. and so then you quickly spread it around mm -hmm. um, those different communities. Right, that's right. Um, the Amish, for example, it's a very closed community. They don't vaccinate their children so once a disease mm -hmm. enters um, it, it, can, it can spread until the community itself develops the antibodies right. and that'll happen eventually. I mean it even happened, you've all heard of the Black Plague, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, from the Middle Ages. Well eventually enough people because of exposure they developed antibodies to it mm -hmm. and that's what stopped the right. plague it, do, it doesn't kill everybody and there's some word for that but um, but that's what hap that's what happens in most communities well in a closed community that's fine but in our open communities mm -hmm. like a city of two million people right. uh, you're talking about a lot of disease that right. unnecessary just by way of background um, the uh, CDC the Center for Center Center for Disease Control recommends 29 doses mm -hmm. of nine vaccines from birth to age six. Mm -hmm. So as you take your young child to the doctor over the first six years of life, um, there is, there's a series of shots. Right. Some are for polio, diphtheria, all these childhood diseases. Um, these vaccines are 90 to 99 percent effective. Right. That's a very high uh, percentage rate. And they save us from about two and a half million cases of preventable diseases per year uh, between 1994 and 2014. So in that 20-year period, uh, we probably saved seven, uh, 700, 800,000 children mm -hmm. were spared. Right. Um, they, they, we, we prevented deaths. We prevented the deaths of about 800,000 children from 94 to 2015. Right. Um, and the measles vaccine itself, since we're talking about that, Decreased, ch decreased childhood deaths by 74%. Right. What people don't realize, when I was growing up, we were afraid every summer of getting polio. Mm -hmm. it, it was just a, when we went swimming, mm -hmm. when our parents let us go anywhere, there was, a, there was this constant fear and there was absolutely nothing you could do about it. Right. I mean, there was, there, was, there was before the vaccine, before the soft vaccine came out, and um, and I remember, it was just something we talked about every day. You know that that you could get this disease, and there was no treatment for it, and you would be paralyzed for the rest of your life. If Franklin Roosevelt, right. for example, got polio, um, and so there was this there was this constant fear. The other thing is that it, we don't see German measles, right. whooping cough, measles, um, polio. We don't see those diseases anymore. Mm -hmm. Those are not. Those are not gentle diseases. Right. There was a reason why, uh, fifty or 60, 70 years ago, uh, the medical community wanted to eradicate mm -hmm. these childhood diseases. They were the cause of a great deal of suffering right. and many, 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 many deaths. And uh, if you've ever seen a child die of whooping cough, yeah. you don't ever want that to happen again. The problem is we don't see these diseases anymore. Mm -hmm. We've forgotten that polio even exists, in our country at least. It, it has made a comeback in some countries. But um, these childhood diseases are not, um, they're not pleasant yeah. to have and they're, not, and, and they're certainly not a pleasant way to die. Right. And, and death, the death rates can be pretty high in these, in these diseases. Right. So, so the concern, of course, is the, the misunderstanding as it relates to vaccines. Right. The, the, the benefits that vaccines present to us, because as you said, you know, just looking at some of those numbers, 
it's pretty incredible mm -hmm. when you think about yeah. how how many lives are saved, how much benefit there is mm -hmm. to um, to these vaccinations. Right, that's right. And not only um, not only do you protect children, but the other thing to remember is if you don't vaccinate your children and they get one of these diseases, the other groups at risk were, would be any other unvaccinated child for whatever reason. Some children can't be vaccinated because of medical reasons, okay? Mm -hmm. right. um, others can't be vaccinated. Some can't for religious reasons, medical reasons. Um, but it shouldn't be for philosophical or personal reasons. Uh, th right. that, that's what we're struggling with is that do you have the do you have some sort of constitutional right, right. to say I don't want to be vaccinated or I don't want my children to be vaccinated? Mm -hmm. It's my constitutional right. Well, we have this this issue of the common good, mm -hmm. you know, and so you do have a responsibility to protect others. So uh, the elderly, for example, right. my mother's ninety five years old. She's mm -hmm. obviously when you're ninety five, she's in frail health. If she were to be exposed to the measles mm -hmm. virus, right. she would probably get it. Mm -hmm. uh, just because she's she's not in good health, that would kill her. Mm -hmm. The measles would kill my mother right. at her age and her immune system. It would just overwhelm right. her. Whether it's whooping cough, measles, uh, mumps, whatever it is, um, that would be that would probably be a death sentence for mm -hmm. her. So, in in vaccinating your children, um, you're also protecting other people, very right. young children. Uh, people getting chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. You know, if they if a person is getting chemotherapy and they happen to walk by a kid who has one of these childhood diseases, you're going to get that disease, mm -hmm. and your medications are going to compromise your immune system right. to the point where you can't fight it. Right. So there is this this issue of common good that we also have to keep in mind. That yes, you have a constitutional right, but you also have an obligation mm -hmm. to protect others. Right. Okay. You know, let me just say, there are two places in the world where these diseases are mm -hmm. coming back. One is Nigeria. Uh, mm -hmm. You've all heard of Boko Haram, who mm -hmm. are kidnapping girls and giving them to soldiers. And the other is um, Pakistan. Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And these are places where religious fundamentalists, and we have them in our country, mm -hmm. where religious fundamentalists are preventing mm -hmm. um, the use yeah. of vaccines. It's Western medicine. They're against everything Western, right. including vaccines. And does all these childhood diseases, including polio, Right. are really making a comeback in those places. Right. So keep that in mind as, as you try to, as you wrestle with your own personal decisions about what to do with your children. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You gotta think about the common good. You gotta think right. about the, <clears throat> the the positives and, and right. what it, how it benefits not only your child, but also you know society right. in general. That's right. Um, before you're making some of those decisions. Yeah, and don't don't base it, um, let, me, let me make one other comment. Uh, Pinterest, mm -hmm. did you hear that? Yeah. story mm -hmm. Pinterest has taken down you they've taken down the search word of vaccines and vaccinations mm -hmm. to prevent people because there's so much misinformation right. about vaccines so much misinformation inaccurate information just plain wrong mm -hmm. um, information about vaccines that Pinterest has uh, removed it as a search term mm -hmm. so you can't look it up on Pinterest because they were they right. got so concerned about misinformation um, there, there have been so many studies. People say, "Well, the government lied." And we're not talking about one study, right? We're, we're not, not talking about, about studies from the, by the government either. That's right. These are not government studies. These right. are independent researchers with no ties to the federal government. So this is not a conspiracy. 
uh, and, and some people try to argue that it's conspiracy or that we're not being told the truth. There have been dozens of studies mm -hmm. from all over the world and if you talk to anybody who does research in this area, they all say the same thing. Right. There is no scientific evidence right. that vaccinations are in any way related to right. autism or any of these other, there's a couple of other uh, cerebral palsy and things. Mm -hmm. Cerebral palsy is a problem of birth. It's not a problem of vaccinations. Right. Okay? And every, I mean, the scientific community knows this and, and it bothers me when people say, well, they're just using statistics right. or they don't, they're lying or they're part of the cover-up. No, there really is no cover-up right. for this one. What would be the benefit of covering it up? Yeah, well, why would you do that? You know, right. I mean, just. Right. I mean, I, I suppose there are arguments. And when I was doing the research for this, there are places where it's pro and con. Okay, you can get two columns, and here's why you should, and yeah. here here are the stories. But most of the arguments against are based on. Um, isolated cases. Either a, a single case, right. you know, where some child got the vaccine and, and did have problems. I mean, all kids, any child can have problems afterwards. Right. Typically, your kids, they get a little fever because mm -hmm. you're injecting, you, some of these are live viruses, so right. you are uh, right. infecting. So it's just like the flu shot, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you can't always use a dead virus. Sometimes you have to use a live virus. So you can get sick. There can be some. But the the rate of uh, problems is a single percentage. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a one or two percent yeah. who, who might have problems. So there's no evidence, and and it's done. And we've been doing these studies now for almost thirty years, right. and there's just no evidence. Plus, when these vaccines, <laughs> somebody doesn't just go into a chicken coop and get some egg yolks and inject them into people. There's years of study right. done by the Center for Disease Control and the Food and Drug Administration. All this stuff has to be tested for years before yeah. it's uh, peddled before it's sent out for widespread use. Right. So right. please don't worry about vaccines. Right. It leads very nicely into the discussion of medications That's because right. you know, vaccines are in essence a type of medication. Type of medication. They, they're medication right. for prevention as opposed mm -hmm. to medication for treatment. Right. Um, so, when, but when we think about medications for treatment, we have some of the same concern. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was surprised to read that about 66% or two thirds yeah. uh, of I Americans are prescribed some medication. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, if somebody would have asked me, I would say, I don't know, maybe 30% or 40%. Yeah. I had no idea it was that high. Right. Yeah. You know, two thirds of American. Um, but equally surprising <laughs> is that half of those people mm -hmm. don't take the medication as it's prescribed. That's right. I knew, I, I've heard about two things. One is if you have children, you're told, make sure you finish the 10 day, right. um, usually amoxicillin, the antibiotic. Um, because if you don't, the, the bugs, the bacteria can become resistant mm -hmm. to it because right. they get exposed. Because in a sense, you're vaccinating the bacteria. Right. You're exposing them to it and then, um, right. okay. So one is, we know that when you take an antibiotic, always take the whole dose, right. okay? If it's 10 days, take all 10 days. The second one, I, I used to work in epilepsy. Mm -hmm. And the major reason for incomplete seizure control is medication non-compliance. Right. People don't take, we've all heard stories about people who stop taking blood pressure medication. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend, um, the artist that we talked about mm -hmm. earlier this week, um, he had high blood pressure. He started to feel good. He stopped taking his medicine, died of high blood, died of a stroke. Yeah. Um, and so there are a few cases where we know about this stuff, but it's called medication adherence, right. adhering to your prescription, adhering to your medication, is a huge problem in this country, right. okay? And I, I had no idea. And it's a particular problem, I think it's in physical illness, but it's a particular problem with psychotropic medications right. because of the way they work. And that's what we'd like to talk about is right. psychotropics. Yes, because 
again, by and large, most of the medications are effective. Mm -hmm. They help mm -hmm. treat the condition for which it's prescribed. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the rate of benefit isn't quite as high as you get with some other, right. in, in some other fields or disciplines within medicine. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, an antidepressant isn't going to treat your depression quite as well as some, you know, uh, cardiac medications are going to treat blood pressure. Or insulin. You right. know, insulin has this direct effect, you right. know, because it's, you're, you're replacing, I mean, it's insulin. Right. You know, you're taking right. what your pancreas produces. Okay? Right. We don't have that luxury right. in psychology and psychiatry. That's not how the medications work. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So, so antidepressants may work in thirty to sixty percent of, of the cases. Um, right. You know the, you know, there's other medications like uh, stimulant medications for right. ADHD. Right. The, the the benefit rate for those is higher. higher. Right. So it does vary, and it's a little bit different in psychiatry than it is in other branches of medicine. Right, and you know, the, the, the other thing I just thought about, when we're talking about insulin, mm -hmm. okay? Insulin is the single product produced by the pancreas. Right. Okay, the pancreas produces insulin, mm -hmm. okay? The brain has over a hundred chemicals. Right. There are five, for example, dopamine. Everybody's right. heard of dopamine. There are five, people say dopamine. There are five, at least, that at we least know five. about. Yeah. There may be others. There are five dopamine systems, each right. of which does something different. Five so you say, well, yeah. I want to do something about dopamine. Well, which system are you right. going to... D1, D2. Right. And so the brain is a much more complex organ. Right. So when you say, well, you know, you only get, you get, you get good results with insulin, you get uh, predictable results with insulin. You know mm -hmm. exactly how much right. to take. I had a friend who used to gauge how much insulin she took based on how much she was planning to eat. Right. So depending on the number of right. calories she planned, that's how precise you can There's be. There's an algorithm to it, yeah. We don't have that kind of precision in mm -hmm. psychiatry, okay? So, so psychotropic medications are very different. They are effective, they do work, right. okay? They work in many more cases than they don't work, right. okay? So we're talking about 50 or 60% mm -hmm. um, efficacy rates, not in everybody. So these are fairly, uh, given the complexity of it, these are fairly effective medications. Right. Okay? Reasonably effective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, but there, there are a number of reasons why I think we see um, poor adherence to right. medication use. And, and, and what we mean by poor adherence is people aren't taking the medications as prescribed. Um, they're not taking it long enough. They're not uh, taking it at the times and right. the doses that they're supposed yeah, they, to. They could be taking it incorrectly. Right. You know, right. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and so, you know, we can talk a little bit about, about right. some of those issues and some of the issues that we already know about these medications that mm -hmm. we just have to kind of work through. Um, right. So, for example, antidepressants. Right. Um, if we compare antidepressant medications to stimulant medications, right? right. Um, stimulant medications for ADHD, you, you take the medication 30 to 45 minutes later, you're going to start seeing right. some benefits. Mm -hmm. You know, 10 to 12 hours later, you're going to see the medications um, wear effects right. start wearing off, and mm -hmm. then we're back to normal, right. back to baseline. Right. Because that all happens in one day. It all happens in one day. You, right. you can take it on Monday, you may not take it on Tuesday. Right. That's Antidepressant medications, however, you can start if you start taking it one day. Um, you're going to have to wait at least two to three weeks before you start see, start having the potential of if, seeing a benefit. If it's going to work, right? It, it may be weeks before you feel any effects at all, right? Mm -hmm. So, with but with antidepressants, you're going to wait at least 
um, two months probably mm -hmm. before you really start seeing the true benefits right. of, of the medication. Well, many people aren't patient enough to keep taking it at the same time every day, even though you're not going to see any right. benefit for it yeah. for you know two months. Right. Yeah. If you take an antibiotic or you take insulin or you take any of these other medications, they have they work fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, psychotropic medications don't work typically, except for the stimulants and some of the benzodiazepines. They don't work quickly. Right. And so people get discouraged, right. you know. Um, we've had people, I know you've had patients who come in and say, well, it took me six months to finally find right. an antidepressant. I, I finally got one that worked, right. but I had to work through six or seven months worth of trial and error. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's one of the reasons why people get discouraged, is, right. it, is that uh, they feel that it's not working. Right. So they say, oh, heck with it, I'm, I won't take it. Right. Mm -hmm. Another reason is because of side effects. Side effects. Side right. effects are, um, you know, you're, Every medication has side effects. Side Every effects are the price we pay for therapeutic effects. Right. Right. Now, for things like insulin, the the side effects are minimal, right. um, and and you know usually easily managed, easily mm -hmm. dealt with if they happen at all. Right. Uh, but side effects are relatively rare. Mm -hmm. With psychotropic medications, side effects are more common. Right. Mm -hmm. And because they're affecting, because the goal of these medications is to directly uh, in, impact the brain, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get um, peripheral um, side effects, right. you could. Um, mm -hmm. uh, where the brain is affected in different areas, that's going to affect different areas of the body. Right. And so you could take a medication for um, attention mm -hmm. um, and end up with uh, elevated heart rate, that's right. um, jitters, in some of those kinds of symptoms. Mm -hmm. That's right, you could have increased blood pressure, right. you could have increased heart rate. Those are usually benign, and they usually mm -hmm. go away when your body uh, after your body adjusts to it. But yeah, there could be side effects. Some are not so pleasant. Right. Uh, some are digestion problems and mm -hmm. headaches and things. Um, but if you can tolerate them, most of them limit themselves. Eventually you get used to the drug. Um, but again, if they're unpleasant, uh, people will stop taking their medications. So. Right. Side effects is one reason. Mm -hmm. uh, taking too long for it to work is another. Yeah. Um, interactions with other substances. You're mm -hmm. taking one medication and you don't right. want to add a second and the pharmacist may advise you not to add, not to combine right. these medications because they're dangerous. Um, of course, we already talked about the belief that it isn't working. Right. Okay? Um, and that it's no longer needed. Right. And that's what happened to my friend. He, he said, well, one. I don't need it anymore. I feel good. And bang, you have a problem. This is the big one because Medications, um, some of these medications make you feel lousy. <laughs> yes. You know, especially the antipsychotic medications That's or right. mood stabilizing medications. Many times, they because of the neurotransmitters that they um, affect, right. you don't feel very good. And so, as soon as your symptoms start to remit, mm -hmm. you're going that that patient is going to have the the likelihood of wanting to decrease or discontinue the medication mm -hmm. completely. Right. And as soon as they start discontinuing the medications, then you're talking about withdrawal effects because, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially with antidepressants right. and some of the other ones, you have to wean off of those medications. You go on slowly and you come off slowly. Right. Be very careful. Um, and then uh, certainly, you know, by the time the medication is getting out of your system, suddenly those psychiatric symptoms start to recur. Right. Um, and That's now right. you're back to being in crisis again. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the other thing with psychotropics is weight gain. You know, that's, right. a, that's a, an important side effect. Um, and particularly with children, mm -hmm. teenagers, mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to um, gain that weight. And, and we're talking about a sizable 
increase. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about 30, 40 pounds in a month right. or two. Especially with uh, antipsychotic and right. stabilizing medications. That's yeah. right. And you have just the opposite effect with stimulants right. is you have appetite suppression and you can lose weight. Now, many people don't mind losing weight, but if you're a growing teenager um, and you want to play sports and you want to you know, lift weights and do those things, the medication could interfere with that. So yeah, these kind of side effects are, are, um, um, are, are something that we have to manage. And when you get into side effects, um, it's, it's, it's good to have family support, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, and, and many people don't have that. You don't have the encouragement and, you know, it's okay, we're gonna work through this with you, especially with children. Right. You know, if they have parental support and, um, and they know that their parents are gonna work, work through these different problems, or you're an adult, and your partner is willing to to go yeah. through these trial and error periods with you, mm -hmm. it helps a great deal. But if you don't have that support, or you have a, a spouse or a, or a relative who's critical while you're going through it, you're probably not going to take it. Yeah. So there are lots of reasons why people stop taking their medications, um, but I think we need to be we need to be aware of those, mm -hmm. and we need mm -hmm. to be careful that we don't um, we don't fall into that trap of saying, well, it's not working, or the, the side effects are too much. Work with your physician. If you trust that physician, right. work with your physicians, right. and you should anyway. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter what the medication is. Uh, work with your physician and take it as prescribed. Right. One of the key elements to all of this is psychoeducation. Right. You know, you, you have to be, you have to inform yourself and be informed as it relates to these medications. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I'm, I'm constantly surprised by the number of people that we work with who are taking medications but have absolutely no, no idea, idea what they're taking. Know. You know, they don't know what it's supposed to do. They don't know how often they're supposed to take it. They don't know if they're supposed to take it with food or without food or in the morning or in the evening. Right. And, you know, all of those components, all those details are really important right. because, you know, you're working with somebody who has ADHD mm -hmm. and they're prescribed a stimulant medication and then they're suddenly they're, they're complaining about not being right. able to sleep at night and right. you say, well, what time are you taking your medication? I said, well, I don't have class until the <laughs> afternoon, so I'm not taking it until about one o'clock so that it's mm -hmm. really working. Mm -hmm. Well, that's gonna keep you awake right. at night. That's right. You know, mm -hmm. so you, you have to understand the medication. You have to appreciate what it's there for, what it's doing, mm -hmm. and psychoeducation is how you're going to learn that. That's right, and one of the things that um, we wanted to mention was um, there's a, was it a PDR? I was trying to think mm -hmm. of the letters. The, Physician's desk reference, right. um, which we used to have on our desks all the time before the internet. Yeah. We had to have a book, and it was a it was a thick, yeah, several yeah. inches thick book of all the medications. And this can scare people because well, there's yeah. all these drugs, and they're all bad, and they're, right. they're all dangerous. And they're, no, they're not. And in psychotropics, there's a finite list of drugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have stimulant medications mm -hmm. for ADHD. You have antidepressants, mm -hmm. anti-anxiety, right. mood stabilizers, right. and antipsychotics. Okay, That's about it. so it's a it's a short list of the type of drugs that are available. Mm -hmm. Now there are several drugs under each category, right. but the ca this is easy stuff for you to understand. So when we talk about psychoeducation, Dr. Bernie mentioned psychoeducation. This is a finite list of drugs. You yeah. can understand what they do. Mm -hmm. You can read about them on the internet, which people do anyway. Right. Okay, but this is easy enough stuff to understand. And so rather than just dismissing drugs mm -hmm. and big pharma and, and doing it with an in an uncritical way and ignoring all the research that's been done. Um, look into these drugs, know what class of drug mm -hmm. you're taking, it's very simple. 
which specific drug you're taking right. and learn about that medication right. of when you should take it. Uh, there are some drugs you can't eat grapefruit. You know, here we live in Florida, we eat a lot of grapefruit. Yeah. There are certain drugs you mm -hmm. can't eat grapefruit. Others you can't eat chocolate, right. okay? So you have to know what those things are, yeah. okay? But get the information, use it wisely, and you're gonna get a very high success rate right. Okay? Right. With, with minimal side effects. Right. So a few things to keep in mind as it relates to psychotropic medications. The mm -hmm. first thing is that medications are not cures. Right. They, they treat symptoms. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. They don't teach skills. They do not uh, remove the, mm -hmm. the disorder. They don't um, cure anything. They don't, so important. They don't cure, you don't cure depression. Right. You reduce the symptoms Right. So that you can do whatever work right. you need to do to mm -hmm. deal with your depression. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they, they make you available to learn the skills that you need to right. to cope with and manage the mm -hmm. symptoms. So right. So that's number one. Right. It's not a cure. It's right. part of a larger treatment plan. Right. Okay. The second thing is that we have to you have to remember that every medication has risks and every medication has benefits. Right. So now it's up to you and your physician to determine whether the the risk benefit ratio is in your favor or that's not. Right. Can you live? Um, right. That's right. You know, if if you have a something a serious condition like schizophrenia mm -hmm. or bipolar disorder, um, it may be worth taking a medication right. that's going to you know affect your your energy levels or your mm -hmm. you know some of your your mood or motivation and some right. of those things for a relief of those troubling impairing symptoms, right. it may be worth it. If you're struggling with ADHD, maybe mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. So right. you, you need to figure out what that ratio is mm -hmm. of, of risk to, to benefit and determine whether or not the medication is going to be an option for you. I think that ADHD is probably a really good example mm -hmm. to talk about risk benefit because yeah. you, you, you can look at a kid and say, well, is it worth the side effects? Right to get an A rather than a B, right. you know? And it may not be worth it for you right. or your child. You may decide it's not, the, right. however, if your child is failing in school and doesn't have friends and is constantly in trouble, mm -hmm. then the risks of the medication far outweigh the right. disadvantages of being in trouble in school right. and failing in school and all the other Absolutely. terrible social emotional problems that kids with ADHD can have, right. untreated ADHD can have. Absolutely. Yep. Now, the third thing is that um, it can take time. That's we, right. We mentioned this a minute ago oh, that it can take some time for, for these symptoms to improve. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you got to give it the opportunity to work. Right. Um, stimulant medications they're, are going to be effective fast. right away. Mm -hmm. Benzodiazepines, they're going to pretty much work right away. Mm -hmm. uh, antidepressants, uh, anti-anxiety medications. Um, most of the others. Most yeah. of the others are going to take a little bit of time. time. So give it, be patient. That's right, except for the benzodiazepines, things like Xanax and Valium and those right. sorts of things, fast-acting, mood-changing agents, and stimulants that we use for ADHD. Mm -hmm. Almost everything else in the kit right. takes weeks to months. Right. So you have to be patient. Right. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is that you have to remember that medications are just one part of your overall treatment plan. Right. right. Uh, medications, as I mentioned a minute ago, medication makes you available to learn the skills and strategies you need to mm -hmm. cope with the, the symptoms that you're experiencing. Right. Um, it's not a, a long treatment. It's mm -hmm. not a mono treatment. Right. You, you have to make sure that your medication treatment is coupled with mm -hmm. some form of therapy, some form of <coughs> coaching, some form mm -hmm. of life-changing uh, treatment to help you learn the skills and strategies needed to be successful. That's right, that's right. And, and, and that, that whole idea, the, the idea that it's part of a larger 
more comprehensive program. Right. And that leads to the last point that we want to make. Mm -hmm. So so let's say you are in doubt about right. whether you should take it or not, because um, sometimes we are. Right. Okay, And I think that the main thing here is that you have to be able to work with your physician. Right. If you get the feeling that somebody's just tossing medication mm -hmm. at you, mm -hmm. and you can't ask questions, and you can't probe. Find and a new doctor. Yeah. Find a new doctor, because um, sadly, there are there are mm -hmm. practitioners who maybe they're in a hurry or they the administration remember that doctors don't function as independently today as they used to that's right um, now these are businesses they're run by business people mm -hmm. when you go to your um, you go to most physicians um, even physicians in 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 solo private practices right. might be part of a larger medical mm -hmm. group Yep. And so it's driven by business practice, mm -hmm. not just medical practice. So right. don't don't beat up the doctor too much because it may mm -hmm. be the businessmen behind the doctor who are saying, no, you have to see this many patients an hour. But if you get a doctor who cannot, who does not want to discuss this mm -hmm. stuff and help you to understand it, find a doctor who will. Right. Because because of the amount of time it takes to get to to therapy, you need to have confidence in that person, mm -hmm. and you need to have somebody who will work right. with you. So when you're in doubt, here's just a, some, a few questions that right. you might ask and or at least want the answers mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. um, as you're trying to decide. Um, you want to know the, what medications yeah, are being recommendation, mm -hmm. re recommended. You want to know the trade names and generic names so that you can look right. them up and you can get more information. Right. Um, you want to know, know when the medication should begin to work, mm -hmm. you know, how long before you're going to see any results. What can I expect? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what is recommended dosage and right. how many times a day? Right. Uh, sometimes that's going to affect you because if it's a medication that could cause some sedative effects, mm -hmm. you don't want to, you know, you may work in a set setting where yeah, you just can't take it during the day. Right. And so if it's a medication that has to be taken in the morning but it mm -hmm. could cause um, mm -hmm. sedation, it may not work for you. So right. you need to know um, what the recommended dosage is um, and what time of day. Mm -hmm. um, also, if you should take it with food or not. Right. That's right. That's important. Mm -hmm. it, I think that's it, sometimes that's more important than people <laughs> give it credit for. Um, they start taking medications and they're complaining about stomach aches and things yeah. like that. And it's like, well, take it with food. It, it did say take with food. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you don't take it with food and then you quit taking it because it's causing you stomach aches. So yeah. To use it as prescribed. That's right. Um, so, <clears throat> of course, you want to know the side effects. Right. You want to know um, common side effects, less common side effects mild side effects, serious side effects, these are all things that you want to explore. Um, I'm taking albuterol mm -hmm. because yeah. I had some bronchitis. I wish somebody would have told me about the leg cramps that I was going to get when mm -hmm. I take albuterol. Oh, they're nice. Oh, man, they were bad. Um, but, you know, we're dealing with those. But, yeah. you know, you, you can't, I can't stop using the albuterol because I'm getting leg cramps, so I got to take something for the leg cramps, right. you know, but I, I have to keep taking it. That's right. So. Um, uh, other questions that you want to have answered, you know, is the medication addictive? Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you going to potentially have to increase the dose in the future because your body is getting accustomed mm -hmm. to it? Mm -hmm. um, are there blood tests that you need to take right. uh, at a somewhat routine basis to make sure mm -hmm. that the medication is at um, a therapeutic level? Right. Um, yeah. There's a lot of psychotropic medications that that's the case. True. Yeah. Um, you might want to know if. Um, if the medications could be replaced by food supplements mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. if the medications are um, 
uh, can be affected by food supplements or right, certain foods. Right. Um, there's a mm -hmm. certain class of um, medications called the MAOIs, the mm -hmm. monoamine oxidase inhibitors. Mm -hmm. um, and you, there, you can't, there are foods that you are not allowed to eat you when you're taking be those medications. With this. <laughs> those medications are really effective, <laughs> but if you eat anything that's aged, um, that's right, with cheese, tires, and yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to have a problem. You could have some serious problems. Yeah. Right. So. Um, and again, that's not unique to mm -hmm. um, psychotropic Everybody. medications, but yeah. you're going to see it with these right. a little bit more often. Um, how long you're going to have to take the medication? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, some medications, uh, you just are going to take it until you know you, you gain some skills that are right. that help you overcome mm -hmm. those barriers. Uh, other medications you may be on for. That's right, and we don't know going in, right? Uh, and that's the other thing. And, and people, and you should ask. Um, we encourage you to ask, "How long will I be on this?" And many people do, and we say, "Well, we're not sure because remember, the medications are going to give you symptom reduction, reduction right. of symptoms. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's symptomatic relief. Then we're going to do all this other work right. to get you away from whatever's causing the problem to begin with. Absolutely. I don't know how long that will take. It right. might be a month, two months, three months, six months. It might be a year." We work together, we'll get right. there eventually. Yep, mm -hmm. absolutely. So you, you have to keep at it. You have to have that working relationship with your physician, mm -hmm. and that's going to help you overcome some of those common um, pitfalls that people I, people find themselves in right. when it comes to getting treatment with psychotropic medications. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Yes. All right. Anything else that Very you want to add? I don't think so. I'll probably think of it as soon as we're gone. Probably so. No, it's not, it's, it's not easy to do psychotropic medications compared right. to others. This is a very difficult right. thing to manage. There are many more problems. There are many more brain chemicals that we mm -hmm. have to account for. Um, we put chemicals into our body and they go everywhere. Right. You know, so we can't, we don't have the technology yet. We'd like to get there where we can put a specific medication into your body and it will go to only one place. Right. Medications don't work that way. That's what the side effects are. They right. go places that mm -hmm. we really don't want and they create other effects. You get therapy, but you get side effects because yeah. we can't control exactly where mm -hmm. they're going. Yeah. So that's why it's important that you have somebody you really trust right. and somebody that you can work with Absolutely. because this, this is not an exact science. They're not going to give you a certain amount of insulin to put into your body. That's a precise science. Right. Uh, psychotropic medications are not. Absolutely. So. It's, All not, right. it's not that they're bad. It's not that they're addictive. It's not that they're... But you have to be... Yeah. You have to be um, be very, very thorough and very careful the way you work with your physician. Absolutely. So. Absolutely so. All right. Well, then that is it for today. Until next time, stay happy. <laughs> you, 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 no. I thought that there was... No, there's nothing that I was going to say. There's not? No. Okay. But it's it's just weird that we're only doing one of these a week. I know. It's, it feels so strange because it... It does. Yeah. Well, we did six a, day, a week for so long. I know. It became yeah. part of our life. Yeah. So... But. But do stay in touch with that's us. That's our withdrawal. Right? Okay. I'm, I'm speaking of withdrawal. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, all right, that's it then for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. <laughs>